We start the show today, though, with news that, as we know at this point, or the latest information we've been given, is there is still one wolf unaccounted for after wolves were released after they got out of their enclosure at the Greater Vancouver Zoo yesterday. We know according to the zoo there were nine wolves and six pups in their care and we're told even with that one wolf still at large the public is not at risk. However, the public still being asked to look out for that wolf. We wanted to talk more about this and the behavior of wolves. So joining us is Gary Allen, owner of Swell Wolf Education Centre. Gary, thank you so much for taking some time with us. Oh, thank you, Jill. Thanks for having me. What were your thoughts when you first heard about this? So we knew at first that the wolves had escaped. Now it appears that there was some kind of malicious intent that they were set free from their enclosure. What is your take on how this unfolded? Well, yeah, that's uh, um, when we look at uh, wolves, you know, in a captivity situation like uh, the, the Greater Vancouver Zoo and and the very high-content wolf dogs that I had here in uh, in Nanaimo at the Swell Wolf Education Center, um, it I, I didn't think that they escaped just because um, you know they were bored or whatever, and they climbed over the fence or they dug underneath. Um, so the the uh, human interference model is, is is much more likely and. Let me just explain in terms of wolves, um, you know, when they when they were here, you know, so the ones that I had were like, you know, in, well into the 90% wolf range um, and, and the wolves that they would have at, uh, at the Greater Vancouver Zoo, they would be very comfortable with the, within that setting because that's what wolves um, want to do, whether they're in a captive setting, setting or in the wild. It's it's crucial for them to be comfortable in their territory and to assess all the risks that, that are out there because that's their, that's their number one um, uh, priority. Uh, food actually becomes number two. Um, and, and I had that in terms of when mine were upset about something and I had even their favorite treats, they weren't interested in that. What they were interested in was making sure that there was no threats to them. So the, the fact that, you know, there, there was um, what appears to be, I guess, a hole in the fence. And I guess the speculation is that that was, you know, human caused. Um, if, if we look at, at the um, reintroduction of wolves into Yellowstone, when they had them in, the, in six weeks in a um, one hectare um, uh, containment place, when they went to release them, Jill, um, they did, you know, because they had, They'd radio collared them. They had made sure that they were healthy and vaccinated them, all sorts of things like that. When they went to release them, they just opened up the the, uh, the gates uh, and thought, okay, you know, off they'll go. Well, they did that kind of the mid-afternoon, and by dark, the, the wolves were still there. And they thought, oh, okay, well, well, we'll just leave them in the morning. They'll be gone. And in the morning, they were still there. And the gates were still open. And by noon, what one of the workers did or one of the staff they went to the far end and they cut a big gaping hole with uh, bolt cutters in the chain link fence and the wolves escaped through through there and the reason being is that was not going into the into the human world if they went through the the gates and everything that was going into the human world because that's where all the humans were coming from and that so my speculation would be that those wolves um you know 
only escape because of human interference. A, the cutting of the of the uh, the hole in the um, the fencing. I assume it's chain link. I haven't been there. Um, and then somehow, you know, encouraging them to 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 leave. Uh, so that that's my take on it. All right. So, yeah, so likely human interference. And that's what we we heard yesterday. When you look at wolf behavior, though, when we're hearing that there's still one wolf at large uh, and the zoo saying that there's no threat to the public, but they're asking the public to keep an eye out for this wolf. How far do you think the wolf would go or or what would be your best guess on on where that wolf might go? Okay. yeah. um, So we don't want to you know, f- fear the animal. We want to respect it, the fact that it's a wild animal. Um, wolves are very mobile species, okay? They, in the wild, they can travel in a 24-hour period. You know, they've been known to do that 50 to 80 kilometers. Now, um, you know, I'm not suggesting that, uh, you know, that this wolf that's out there is doing that. If I look at it, if I was the wolf that escaped, you know, I've got a whole bunch of threats. I you know, wolves and vehicular travel uh, traffic don't work well. So you got 264th Street, which is a very busy street right next to it. And what, about a kilometer or a mile north is uh, the Trans-Canada Highway with four lanes of of traffic. Um, So my concern for the wolf would be that it it could uh, easily be hit by, by vehicles because Wolf behavior is they're not like dogs where they, you know, cross the road and they kind of, you know, you see some dogs looking both ways at that and they know it's safe. The wolf will just go straight across the road. So, you know, if, uh, you know, they've been hit by trains and, and, and vehicles. My, um, now we also have to remember that the wolf's nose is its greatest asset and it can smell its prey two kilometers, two miles away. So, you know, at some point, it's going to be wanting food, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know when the last time the, the zoo fed them, but, uh, you know, at some point, it's going to want food. Um, it, it's, if, if I was the wolf, I would travel north. Um, you don't want to travel east or west or south because you're just going further into that human world. Travel north, yes, there's obviously there's human habitation, but there's the river, and on the other side of the river is, uh, you know, are the mountains. Um, and uh, um, I, I think, uh, Jill, I think it's going to be – the other thing you have to remember about wolves, they're referred to as a crepuscular animal, meaning that they're mostly act, they're mainly active between dusk and dawn. So they hunt a lot at night in the, in the wild and also, you know, in captivity. Um, you know, the ones that I had, I, I had, uh, um, you know, trail cameras out there and they, they were active all night um, and that. So uh, um, and what do we got now? We've got a heat wave and mm-hmm. that. So, you know, it's going to be much cooler for that animal to to travel at nighttime. These are highly intelligent animals. So it's going to hunker down. My guess is it's going to hunker down during the day in, in some place that's cool. For example, uh, a culvert uh, would be much cooler, um, and and it's going to travel at nighttime, and that's going to make it tough to locate. What do you think it's going to go after? Then, what will it look for for food? Um, well, um, fowl would be my my guess. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not too. I wouldn't be too concerned. You know, I think you know, there, like there's farms, obviously, because it's a big agricultural area. Um, you know, there's dairy farms, but you know, my knowledge of it is that most of them are near the farm or the barn. Uh, most of the uh, poultry farms, I think, you know, they're kind of inside. Uh, at least, you know, the the the, uh, the, the floods uh, killed many of them because they, you know, they right. they drown. My my concern would be more for the person that's got, you know, the backyard chickens or ducks or, you know, um, certainly, uh, um, you know, uh, domestic pets, you know, dogs, cats. They're uh, um, you know, they they would be a fair game as well. Um, so, you know, I, I would just be very, you know, careful and, and you know, bring the dog in uh, at night. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you've got chickens and ducks and things like that, you know, just keep an eye on them. And, and Gary, one other question, because so according to the zoo website, so they're in that enclosure, there was uh, nine wolves and six pups. If there's yeah. one and, and if we make the assumption it's one of the adult wolves that is still yeah. at large, will that wolf want to get back to its pack or will it go out to, on its own? Well, um, you know, there's the likelihood that it would want to come back um, and that because, you know, they're you know, they're, they're going to have really strong bonds, right, that they've developed in, in that enclosure. And so questions I would ask is that, A, is it a male or female? Um, females tend to not um, travel as far as as males, but, you know, there's been females that have traveled great distances. Um, so you have to understand that these are, you know, distinct personalities. So I'd want to know you know, certainly from the zoo uh, staff, you know, what was the personality of this wolf that's still out there? Was it more adventuresome within the enclosure? Was it more of a, of a leader than a, you know, a dominant versus a subdominant uh, wolf? Um, so it could be trying to come back to its, uh, uh, you know, to the zoo. Um, at the same time, you know, it's out there in a, in an environment that's going to really, really confuse it. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not um, familiar with this kind of environment, all the cars and people, things like that. And is it just trying to, you know, to get away, um, you know, from that? So, um, you know, it really, it's really going to depend on what's the individual traits and, and behavior of, of that particular wolf. That's what I'd want to know. All right. Well, we are still uh, hoping to get more information from the zoo or an update on this today. Gary, we'll leave it there, but thank you so much for joining us with your expertise. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me, Jill.